The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. This is episode like 30 or something, and I still don't know how to start these dumb things. It's never going to happen. I've just leaned into the idea that we're going to be really awkward for the first five minutes and then eventually get better (laughs) depending on the wine content (laughs) hi (laughs) welcome to court on the macabre i'm katie adkins i'm kayla reed and we're still social distancing and we still need to get kelly a better mic i'm just missing a cable for it but next week i'm getting it saturday yes next week we will have it it will be had. It will have. I don't know what I'm saying. And I gotta cheat. <laughs> we'll get there. Well, it's fine. So, um, I've decided the theme of this week is cabins and camping. Camping and cabins. Because Zach and I are supposed to go camping soon. And my mom's going to a cabin this weekend. Yay! Yay! Where's the cabin? Uh, her cabin is at Lake Rabin. Where is that? Lake Raven. It's in Georgia. It's a lake oh, okay. in Georgia. It's just not Lanier. Lanier is the one that everyone knows in North mm-hmm. Georgia. But Raven yeah. is like two and a half hours north, whereas Lanier is like one hour north. Yeah. Um. But my mom has this huge cabin there with eight bedrooms that can accommodate 12 people. Ooh. But she's so she's and you've just, never thrown a party there? I'm not allowed to. I'm upset. I know. <laughs> I'm still I'm still trying to sweet talk her into letting me do that. But my other issue was the last time I went there, I almost like suffocated and died because what? the one bedroom they put me in it was my first and only time going up there. The one bedroom they put me in was one that no one used. And I couldn't mm-hmm. breathe. Like, my throat starts swelling and closing up. Like, I was having a really bad allergic reaction. I was freaking out. Turns out there was black mold in the closet. Oh, my God. So, but no one else has ever had issues there except me. But I'm still scared of the mold that might be well, there. Well, I feel like you're very sensitive to things. I still yeah. remember the time that it was, like, after our drunk shenanigans of St. Patty's Day. And we were, like, hungover in bed the next day. Mm-hmm. And we were laying there watching a movie, and you kept, like, squirming around like you were so uncomfortable. And she's like, you were just like, I swear there's something underneath me. And it ended up being, like, the tiniest little pebble I had ever seen in my entire fucking life. And I was like, are you serious right now? I am the princess in the pea. That's how you know I'm a princess. Princesses can't sleep if there's a pea underneath them. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I do tell that story occasionally. <laughs> I didn't even remember that. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's that's I, how I yeah. am. I feel mm-hmm. one thing on my body that's off, and I'm like, what is this? One time I was wearing um, tights. It was tights, I think. Tights or leggings. It was like a piece of lint rolled up into a ball. Oh, yeah. No, and I, feel I was too. like, what is this? I can't function. I need it off of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whenever I feel crap like that, it drives me nuts. So, anyway, black mold is a little more serious than lint. Black but. mold. Um, <laughs> my history of camping is very glamping-like. Um, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of, I don't want to say bad experiences camping. I've had one horrific experience camping where me, it was in Cocoa Beach in Florida, and I didn't know 
that on the beach sometimes there's like shit tons of bugs, like mosquitoes and stuff and gnats. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I don't live on a beach. And so yeah. me and so my friend Isabel, Isabel and Tess. It was me, Isabel, and Tess right after high school. And we decided to visit Isabel in Florida because she moved to America, to Brazil, back to America. She went to high school with us. And her family moved to Cocoa Beach. And it was her idea to go camping. She had never done it before. And we were mm-hmm. like, okay, we go. We set up. We notice everyone else around us is in RVs. And they're like, huh, well, I guess they don't know real camping like us. And we like roasted weenies and marshmallows and all that. Right. And then the sun set and the bugs started. And they were so bad. And we drenched ourselves in bug spray. It did nothing. And Tess and Isabel never managed to fall asleep. I did at one point, which means I get the most bug bites because I wasn't awake to smack them away from me. Right. We tried to stick it out. We were out there until I want to say like 2 a.m. when finally we took refuge in my car because I had driven us out there. And yeah. We Why were did like, you do that at the start? Look, we were Oh, because stu- you were trying to commit to the whole camping We thing. were stubborn and we were trying to yeah. commit to camping. Oh, it was bad. And we were like, we don't want to leave all of our stuff behind, but also, like, we don't want to take it down because we're lazy. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm starting to understand. So, (laughs) yeah. And so we were like, we had spent all day setting up the tent and the fire and all of our shit. And so as we were in the car, it got to a point where I was like, we all gave up. And we were like, we can't. We're just going to leave this shit here. And we're going to go sleep at Isabelle's. And we're going to come back and pick it up in the morning. <laughs> so yeah. we did that. And the next morning, I woke up miserable. I was covered in bug bites. And I took a shower and I counted how many bug bites I had. I had 72 bug bites on my body. Jesus. 72. Meanwhile, Isabel and Tess had like maybe 20, 30. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is still a lot. But in comparison. In comparison, not as much. And so we drove back, got our stuff, and we were like, fuck it. We're going to get Taco Bell and suntan. Well, guess who's really sensitive to the sun? (laughs) It's me. And I put on, Isabel is Brazilian, so she basically doesn't need sunscreen. Tess, Mm -hmm. for some reason, kind of tans and doesn't burn as much. Uh, My skin is paper. And so yeah. all we had was, like, SPF 20, 25. And I was like, y'all, Lord. I need SPF 100. Like, this ain't going to fly. But it was all we had. So I covered myself in, like, the SPF 30 or whatever it was. And we laid down on the beach for two hours. Mm. Burnt to a fucking crisp. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it was like, lay down. The heat will make the bug bites feel better. So now I'm itchy and it hurts. Oh, God, because you can't scratch your sunburn. Because I'm sunburned. And, like, literally, I got the weirdest suntan line on my left leg that took two full years to even out. Oh, no. Because I only got burnt because where we were laying, the sun was on one side of the <laughs> was on one side of the uh, sky, and it burnt, like, the right half of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. The left half of me wasn't. So I had, like, lines going down my body. Yeah. That was the first and only That's the worst. That was the first and only time I ever peeled from a sunburn too. It was like right under my boob, peeled a little bit. 
Oh, it feeling was, sunburn's fun. That was miserable. At least you got that. It was so <laughs> miserable. But luckily, I've never had any camping stories where it was like, and then a creep showed up and tried to murder us or whatever. Yeah, I can say I didn't have that. I, I have one camping experience, like not even glamping, just one straight out camping thing. It was my birthday, 22, 23, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I decided that what I wanted to do was camp for the first time. And like you do. Like you do. You know, it's just like, I've never done this and I'm at an age where I can do it as an adult and so my college rented out camping gear and I was like I'll just get everything I need here and so we did that it was me and my boyfriend at the time and my friend and her boyfriend we get there we set up the tents and then it starts to rain like sprinkle like it does in Florida so we can't start a fire because the wood's wet and we can't toast anything so we're eating like cold meat and cold marshmallows and cold chocolate. Oh no! And, yeah, <laughs> and we're just sitting there. Meanwhile, we have people on either side of us, like on the same campsite. One has an RV, and one is like fully stocked, glamped up, like big ass tent. Like they had lights going in there. They were having a big old party, and we're just like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Why didn't we do that? Why the hell are we in tents?" And we're just like, "Okay, whatever. We'll get through it." And as we're saying, you know, like trying to stay on the bright side of everything, the rain changes from sprinkling to just pouring rain. And so at this point, my friend and her boyfriend are fighting. They're just screaming at each other about random shit because we're all upset. <laughs> and we go, we just crawl into our tents and the tents just get flooded with water. Oh, no. So. <laughs> so we were sleeping in probably like three or four inches of freezing cold rainwater. I think I got like maybe two hours of sleep. And then we were supposed to go up, get up and spend the whole day um, going down the river and then spend another night there. And then during all of this, we call Arik and <laughs> we're just like, hey, come join us for our for my birthday thing. And he's like, yeah, sure thing. So he comes. While it's he, flooding? Well, no, he, he comes the next day, like, when we're going down the river. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, we're just like, we'll go down the river together. We'll spend the whole day here. It'll be fine. We'll, like, make up for last night. And um, so we're going down the river. Arik loses his car keys <laughs> on the river. So he's stuck and stranded and has to call, like, AAA. And we're waiting for it with him. And I've got a sunburn because I didn't put on anything going down the river. Needless to say, we did not spend the second night there. We were just like, fuck this, I give up. <laughs> I'm done. God. Yeah. That reminds me of the time we went down the river. Yes. And yes. Ash lost his keys, which is yes. funny because it wasn't really a loss. It was more of like I set this on the table and forgot. Yeah. But I will never we forget. To drunk to help. The best part. Of that whole day, though, was that girl who thought she was drowning. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you listening and obviously aren't me and Kelly or Ash, who's actually here in chat right now. What up, dude? (laughs) That shit was nuts. I will never forget that day ever. But I died laughing. There's this girl with us who had been annoying and complaining 
the whole time. No one knew her. Nobody knew her, but she was complaining from beginning to end, and we were all done with her. And so she kept complaining about how she couldn't swim. And we were like, then why did you come to the river with us where we're all going to get in tubes and float down a river? Like a river deep enough you can't stand in it. It's not a creek. It's a fucking river. And so we were like, why did you come? She was someone's girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. So at and one she point, kept, like, throwing herself into the water just yeah, to get attention. She kept throwing her. She kept, like, quote, unquote, falling out of the tube, which I don't know how you we fall out her. of those things. Like, they're huge. And they fit your whole body. And she kept being like, oh, my God, I'm drowning. And we're like, you are head above water. Your hands are on the tube. Like, you're fine. And at one mm-hmm. point, she, like got herself out of the tube and started complaining about how she was drowning. And so all of the dudes, like Kelly's boyfriend at the time. We're trying to be gentlemen. We're trying trying to to be nice and help her, even though we all knew it was a scam. And and got her back into the tube. And I'll never fucking forget when we get to the land, Kelly goes, baby, what was that? And he goes, what, baby? And she goes, babe. Why did you go help her? She was faking it. And he goes, she was drowning. She needed help. And she goes, no, you let her drown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what was I supposed to do? I was like, let her drown. <laughs> like, like, leave her alone. Let her drown. <laughs> He's like, so if I see a girl drowning, I'm not supposed to help her. And she goes, no, not unless it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god we were all like scream laughing that was so god that was just an exhausting day Uh uh-huh yeah no my number one thing about camping that i can't fucking stand is the bugs i think i could handle winter camping which i've never done before only because you could build a fire and be warm near it and there's no bugs i'm pretty sure i could handle that but every time i decide to go camping it's always summertime where you think that's the best time to go. In actuality, it's the worst. The worst yep. time to go. And I think it's I hot and it's miserable. I have sweating it, and there's bugs and then they get trapped in your sweat. I have it Ugh. ingrained in my brain that camping equals summer because of all the fucking summer camps I went to. You know, like yeah. Girl Scouts. Uh, that YMCA camp that we talked about in my in our Urban Legends episode where I talked about spooky stories from camp. Yeah. Um, I think I told you that episode about how once you when you reach the age of 13 at that specific camp, every Wednesday you're there, they force you to camp out in the wilderness. You have Uh-oh. to do it. Whereas the rest of the week... You're there in this nice cabin with indoor plumbing and electricity, airflow, and all this stuff. I would have been like, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Well, I was 13 and was like, in my mind, I was like, I did Girl Scouts. I can do this. No, no, no. Girl Scouts is basically like a tent on a cabin floor and like it's all pre-set up and you're fucking fine. And it, it ain't Boy Scouts, okay? We're here to sell cookies and make bracelets, okay? That's yep. what Girl Scouts is. Yes. We don't do none of this learning knots and real camping business. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I just remember there was two different years where they had this camp in two different locations. There was one where it was like this weird, imagine a giant metal cube with one wall missing and it's just open out to the wilderness and it's lined with bunk beds. Okay. So that was one place. And the reason why we got to sleep there is because it rained. Because what we're supposed to do is lay random ass tarps on the ground in the middle of the woods and have just a sleeping bag, no tent. Well, screw that. That just sounds dangerous and negligent. Oh, guess who found bugs on her sleeping bag? No. No, thank you. It was miserable. I hated it. And the lump, you feel the lumpy ground. It was awful. So are you excited to go camping next week? Oh my god, so excited. (laughs) Especially now it's like technically summertime. What a great time to do this. I just need to get out of the house. I need I I need an experience of some kind. Like my mom said she was going to the cabin and I was like, fuck, I wanna go to the cabin. Like I wanna go to the cabin. I wanna go to the cabin, stay in a nice ass cabin. Because my mom is a glamper if there ever was one. Mm-hmm. Like, she finds these nice old little cabin Airbnbs and shit, and she's like, let's go on a nice walk to a waterfall. That was good exercise. Let's go get brunch somewhere and drink alcohol. That's my mom. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. It's so much fun. But apparently that's not camping. Right. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you've had any spooky camping or cabin in the woods stories. Uh, let me think. No. No? Okay. I mean, I've had, like, spooky stories read to me at, like, summer camp or something, but, I mean, that was my one camping experience, which, I mean, you could argue is a horror story in and of itself, but... Yeah. I've never had a tent flood. That sounds horrific. It was awful. It was the worst thing I've ever done. But, uh, now I know. (laughs) (laughs) I also know I had no idea what I was doing when I was camping. I literally didn't read a single thing about it before I went. I was just like, you set up a tent, you roll out a sleeping bag, you you make s'mores. Like, that's how you camp. And I, it's not. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like how people tell you that, uh, you know, lemon and, lemon and lime makes Sprite. It doesn't. You know? Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple ingredients you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> um. I would say that's the extent of my camping horror stories, quote unquote, the horror was the bugs, but I did, my mom has this Airbnb, okay, so every year for our family reunion, we go to the Cumberland Gap in Tennessee, uh, Mm -hmm. because that is where our family reunions are, because that's, uh, well, actually the family reunion is in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, Cumberland Gap and Middlesbrough are like two miles away from each other, but they're right on the border of Tennessee and Kentucky. So my mom loves to stay stay in such a tiny town. They're both the tiniest towns, like, ever. But Middlesbrough is so Southern America. Like, yeah. the place to be on a Friday night is the local Walmart, because that's all there is. And their sign, when you go into town, says, The city built from a crater, meaning a meteor hit the earth. Created a crater right there, and they were like, "Let's build a town." Let's build a town, and it's literally (laughs) rural. Rural was the word I was looking for. Yeah, I have to go there every year. That's just what it is, and I always feel like the skinniest person ever. And it's 
awful. Like, it really is. Like, the, it makes me realize, going to towns like that makes me realize the obesity in America is such a serious issue. Like, it's a serious issue that we really need to, like, address as a culture. But And it's because all these fatty, sugary foods are the cheapest things out there. Yeah, it's affordable. And so, you know, the people in There's this town who don't have a lot of money, <laughs> they're going to they're eat all these fatty, cheap, like, greasy sugar foods. And it, it sucks. Anyways, that's not the point of the story. That's a different horror in and of itself. <laughs> we'll um, be covering that next week. So my mom mm-hmm. wants to stay in this place called the Old Mill Inn in the Cumberland Gap. Now, you thought Middlesbrough was small, but you could probably drive around all of Middlesbrough in one hour. You can mm-hmm. walk around the Cumberland Gap in one hour. I've done it. It is the teeniest, tiniest town I've ever ever seen i can't believe it is considered a town but it is it has one chapel one post office one general store and one restaurant and the rest is just the homes that people live in that's all it has well they drive out to the neighboring cities that have everything oh okay but that makes sense but what makes the cumberland gap so famous is that apparently it's where daniel boone traveled through or something like there's this whole thing about Daniel Boone and Cumberland Gap, and I really should have written this down. It was also mentioned in a song called uh, "What Is It, Mama Rock Me." Yeah, is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. So uh, the passage created by Cumberland Gap was a well-traveled by Native Americans way before white people showed up. So it used to be, of course, Native American land. Um, and there's actually trails uh, that are supposed to be like Native American trails that have like little like built stone thingies that was left there by Native Americans. I swear to God, it's on a haunted burial ground. There's like a little cave you can walk to nearby. It's creepy. (laughs) Yeah. The whole place is honestly fucking creepy. And it gets foggy because it's in a valley. And it looks like you enter a Stephen King novel every time it's nighttime. It's a fucking creepy ass place. And the place we stay in is fucking haunted. The Old Mill Inn is haunted, and my mom was in denial for fucking years about it, and I was like, Mom, this place is fucking haunted. What is the Old Mill Inn? Let me tell you, half of it is a 300-year-old cabin that every time I step in that side of the house, I just immediately get the willies and like I'm gotta go like I freak out I I was like I no 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 the other half of the house is like a 120 year old house built to attach to the cabin meaning someone 120 so odd years ago found this creepy ass tiny 300 year old cabin and was like hmm I'm gonna build on this and make a B&B so the ghost of this place that we stayed in and I figured out it was haunted when I was a kid because that's yeah. just how that goes. We well, stayed... you're susceptible to it when you're young. Well, when I was, uh, we've been going there since I was like maybe 10 years old. And so my mom found it and uh, families kept going through it, owning it. It kept changing owners, which was weird. Because that was the kind of town where if you were there, you're there forever. Like you grew up there and that's where you live. But the people mm-hmm. who always own this inn were never people from there. It was always someone who moved from somewhere and thought it would be a cute idea to own a a bed and breakfast mm-hmm. in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. And I remember the first couple years we went, I was like, this place, like, something about this place, like, feels weird. It's where all the aliens go. Yeah, dude. I bet half those, I bet, like, half those residents are aliens. 
I don't even want to know. And there's uh, this piano organ thing in the main room where it would randomly, it sounded like it was randomly being played at night, would always freak me out. And I would like hear it every so often, like late at night, like little notes being played. And like, I would ask about it in the morning and the owners would always say like, oh, it's like wind blowing into like the Wind blows the keys and a melody. Well, if it's an organ, so I had like little pipes oh okay so it but i was like i just i don't buy that like what draft is that strong like what draft is that strong to play the organ so then when i was about 13 a new family owned it and they had this creepy little kid we arrive right this kid's like nine or ten i'm 13 i'm like sup dude and this kid is like hey did you know this place is haunted yeah and i'm like I, I suspected it, but I wasn't <laughs> sure. And he goes, yeah, it's haunted. And I'm like, well, what, what's haunted about it? And he goes, well, you're okay because you're a woman. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, the ghost really doesn't like men. And I'm like, what are you talking about, small child? Mm-hmm. And he goes, men are allowed in the kitchen because that's where she lives and she doesn't like men in the kitchen. And I'm like, the ghost is a she? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, does she do anything? And he goes, sometimes she knocks things over and breaks stuff. And I'm like, so she's a cat. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And so uh, this is a type of house where you can just walk into the kitchen and get something if you want. Like it's a very open bed and breakfast and I had been in that kitchen multiple times and I know what the kitchen looks like I know what the layout is apparently I'm safe because she likes children and women the next year we go back again and this time they put us in this room we hadn't stayed in before and we walked in the room and I just felt really weird all of a sudden and I was like is this room haunted it feels weird and the lady just sort of looked at me and was like actually this room has had the most activity do you want a different room and I was like yes (laughs) Hmm. yes I want a different room (laughs) give me the room with the least activity because because the way these places are decorated is like late Victorian times so there's like porcelain dolls and like old timey shit everywhere like it's part of the look and feel of the place the next year after that it was owned by a different family at this point I'm 15 and I'm like mom this place is fucking haunted can we stay somewhere else and she's like no so this time a completely different family owns it the other family left and so no one else is there but us like no one else is staying there we get up in the morning we have our breakfast and it's just this one woman there running it and so we assume she had like family there or someone there with her And the three of us, me and this woman and my mom, are eating breakfast when all of a sudden we just hear all of these pots and pans just crash to the floor in the kitchen. And I had been in that kitchen before where the pots and pans hang is over the stove on these huge hooks that you'd have to lift it up over off the hook to get it off. They're not just going to like, you're not just going to hit them and they all fall. Right. You'd have to lift it up. And the woman yelled, hey, stop that back there. My mom goes, oh, like, who's back there? And she goes, no one, it's just the ghost. (laughs) And my mom's like, what? And she goes, I don't know why. I knew there was a ghost here, but it is just acting up and will not stop. Well, It must must not like that lady. It must not. And it must have been fine with the family before. Luckily, we're only here for two nights. So we're going to go. 
See Thanks. you later. And that, yeah. So, and it's like my fa- my mom's favorite bed and breakfast. And I'm like, Mom, can you stop picking haunted places for us to stay? She also stayed at a haunted bed and breakfast in Athens. I don't know what her death wish is, but my mom wants to be haunted. She just wants friends. Ghosty <laughs> friends. They have stories. But anyways, that's the one haunted place I've ever stayed. And it was in a cabin in the tiniest town in the woods in Tennessee. Well, that's fun. Yep, yep, yep. What is your story? What are you going to tell so, me about? My story is another Cabin in the Woods story. Okay. And when I heard it, spooked me. This, like, if this happened to me, I would lose my fucking mind. I would have been like, <gasps> I'm never going outside again. Okay. Oh, so before I go into this, I just want to say, I heard this story on this podcast I really, 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 really like called Snap Judgments. So Snap Judgments is a podcast where it's this cool dude who hosts it and he'll always start off every episode is a theme kind of like ours the beginning the host will like tell a little interesting story from his life that relates to the topic kind of what we do right Um, and then they have a guest come on to tell their story oh okay okay and so snap judgments is usually about like weird and uncomfortable and unusual situations that people find themselves in like there was this one story I almost talked about that um, if you guys want to listen to it in your own time the episode I think is called the pink palace and it's about this couple in the 70s on their honeymoon they decide to go to the Amazon because they love adventuring and whatnot they got into a plane crash and they couldn't get out of the little town and they ended up they all ended up being okay but they didn't have a way to leave the town at all and they couldn't stay there forever and so they were proposed with this idea of building a raft with a tent on it and going down the amazon river until they get to a more developed town for them to get help to find an airport to fly out yeah because flows like wherever water is there will eventually be a town because all towns need water the woman was like fuck yeah that sounds fucking fun and the husband's like i don't know dear and the amazon is really fucking dangerous and she's like no it's an adventure we'll be like tom huck or whatever huckleberry finn like what i meant to say huck finn or no i meant to say huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. I got them confused. <laughs> like Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer Tom on their Hook. on their adventures. Tom Hook, you know. Tom Hook, the famous fictional character that traversed the Amazon. <laughs> you know. I mean, like how you travel on a raft down the river. That's in Huckleberry Finn. Right, right. Like that's just so. Uh, they set up this tent. They get all their supplies. They do all this stuff. They bring a radio. They do all these things. It's the seventies. Like why not? We're crazy hippies. Uh, we're white people, and we name it the Pink Palace. And oh no, it rains. Not only does it rain, it floods. The river floods. You know what that means? It takes the raft off of the river onto a flooded area of land. But oh. it's so flooded. They can't see anything, and they don't know where the actual river is anymore, and they're just stuck in the Amazon. Oh. Yep, and they're there for weeks. Yikes. So they couldn't get back on the raft and back on the river? Oh, they're on the raft, but the raft is not moving at all. It's on stagnant water because the river water always Uh. moves, but where it flooded, the water isn't moving anywhere. And they don't have, like, a, a paddle or anything. No, they lost it all during the storm because the storm was so bad. They lost a lot of their stuff. Wow. 
And so they did everything they could. And so they finally got desperate enough to try to grab floating logs nearby to try to like drag the raft with them back to the river because they're trying to figure out where it was. But they were too scared to get in the water the whole time because of all the things that live in the water. Yeah, I would be too. I would not get in that fucking water. It you took pay me. It took them weeks to like build up that survival courage to do it. Right. Um, but they finally made themselves close enough to the river and someone on a boat floated by and saw them and rescued them. Wow. So that's the honeymoon that's from hell. But that's not the story I'm telling you because in my mind I was like, that's not enough camping. And that's not enough cabins. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more camp. So I'm telling you the story from a different episode called The Fog because Snap Judgments have like a special side series called Spooked. Mm-hmm. And I love Spooked. So look up Snap Judgment Spooked. They have about four seasons of episodes, and each episode is a new person telling their story of what happened to them, and they are so creepy and so fun to listen to. This is about 13-year-old Australian Blair is his name. His name is Blair, and I can't do an Australian Love accent, him already. so I'm not going to do it. So 13-year-old Australian Blair and his parents went on a vacation, which they normally do every year, to a cabin in the woods in uh, Yungaburra. If we were to pronounce it in English accent, we would say, or American, we would say Yungaburra. Okay. Yungaburra is a very small, small, small town in Australia. I wouldn't say like Cumberland Gap small, but like Middlesbrough small, where you could probably drive around the whole thing in like an hour. Look, we circled back. (laughs) (laughs) Near their cabin, like next to their cabin, about 500 meters away, was this creepy old fucking farmhouse that was just straight up abandoned. Their driveway, which is like your dad's cabin in the mountains, like those little winding steep uphill Mm -hmm. driveways... So there's like a zigzaggy steep driveway going up to both the cabin and the creepy farmhouse. What made this driveway so dangerous is that on the side of it, on the right side of it, is a cliff. It just drops off into a little like river pond area. And it's just like really dangerous. And it's narrow enough that like it's dangerous even walking. So one night, he's with his friend Alex and his sister Olivia. Alex and Olivia were local, and they hung out every time Blair would come visit. Um, It started to get late for him, and so he decided to walk back to the cabin at about, it was about 11.30 at night. And on his way back, it was really, really cold, which isn't important, but it was really cold, and he wasn't properly dressed for it. Um, And the town was just, like, dead quiet as he was walking by, which was just super eerie and creepy already. Like, there was only streetlights, there was only the sound of, like, crickets, nothing. And so when he got to the bottom of the driveway to the cabin is when the fog started rolling in. And it got so thick, so quickly, it actually scared him. And he turned around and saw the dim streetlights of the town behind him in the distance, and they disappeared. Because the fog was so thick, he couldn't see the streetlights behind him anymore. And there were no streetlights anywhere going up the driveway. So it was pitch black and he couldn't see anything. And he said that it got so thick that he looked down and he couldn't see his feet below him anymore. That freaked the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. That's like some Stephen King shit. Oh, yeah. And he said he felt like he was in the middle of a cloud and he just never experienced anything like this ever before. And his flashlight was completely useless. 
And the only thing in front of him was just wilderness, this super zigzaggy, dangerous driveway, the mm-hmm. cabin, and the creepy-ass farmhouse. There was nothing else near him. He considered trying to walk back to Alex and Olivia's house, but he there was just so many zigzags and turns and stuff, he wasn't confident he would actually be able to find his way back to their house because he didn't know how far the fog spread out. Mm-hmm. And so he just you know, was too scared to go up the driveway for fear of falling off the cliff and hurting himself or killing himself somehow. So he just sat down like he didn't know what to do. He couldn't. I mean, honestly, that's probably the smartest thing he could have done. Yeah. You know, because like walk too far in the wrong direction. You don't know where you're going. You'll You'll either get lost in the woods or fall off a cliff. Look, there's a lot of ways you die scenario. Yeah. What I would have done probably is get down on all fours and crawl and feel around ahead of me. Yeah. Like, that's just my instincts, but, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then again, I probably would have got lost in the wood. No, I would feel for the asphalt of the driveway. I don't know. Maybe it was a dirt driveway. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like sitting down is not the worst idea. So he just decided to sit down and wait it out. And right. so right as he sat down, he looked up and saw a little flickering amber light in the distance of the driveway. And since it was flickering, he realized it was a flame, it was fire, and it was like some sort of old-style kerosene lantern. And he saw it start to move down the driveway. And it seemed to reach about halfway down the driveway, and that's when he heard his mom call out, Son, is that you? Come here out of the fog, just follow my light. And he was so relieved that he finally had a way out of the fog. He was like, okay, if I just walk really slowly. How would she have seen him, though? Okay, I'll wait, I'll wait. Maybe she heard him, I don't know. He's like, okay, if I just walk really slowly and follow the light and follow my mom's voice, I can get up this driveway. And he Mm -hmm. did that. The light was always just a little bit ahead of him, but he was just following where it was, just trying to slowly navigate the super zigzaggy, winding, thin driveway. And he finally got all the way to the top, and he accidentally hit the rail guard that was in front of the cabin. Yeah. And he saw the light go inside and turn off. Like, he heard the door open, the light go inside, and then the light just turned off. And it was pitch black. And he so was like... just left him. Uh, Mom, <laughs> can you turn the light back on? Yeah. But there is no answer. Nothing. Dead silence except for frogs and crickets. He took his first step up onto the little stairs that lead up to the cabin, and when he took his first step, that's when he realized he's not at the cabin. He was at the old farmhouse. That light, whatever it was, and that voice, whoever it was, led him all the way to the wrong house. And the moment he realized that, he just freaked out and just his knees buckled, collapsed out of fear. And then that's when he heard the voice again. But this time, it sounded like a young, old-style British mom. And she goes, nasty out weather out there, hmm. And it was coming from inside of the house, and the door was open, no lights on, waiting for him to go inside. And he was just... that. And he was just frozen. And he realized whatever this thing is, he could just sense and feel that it was trying to lure him inside of the house. Like, whatever it was seemed to desperately want him in the house. And he could feel that it was somehow trying to bait him. And he didn't know why. And he just felt so scared. And he was like, okay, right now my only options are to... The cabin has to be to the right of me, 500, 600 meters away somehow. 
if I just turn to the right and run, hopefully I'll just run into it because he realized his only other option to do is go into the farmhouse, which he was not about which to do. That. Yeah, that's He's not just like, option. I don't know what this thing is, but it wants me to go inside this farmhouse and I'm not doing that. And so he started like slowly backing away. And that's when he heard the voice again. And it said, son, where are you going? Don't leave. You can't leave. And he just bolted and ran wherever was to the right and just started running, trying to reach wherever the cabin is. He still couldn't see. It was still pitch black. And he tripped over a rock, scraped up his arm, scraped up his knee. And he had, he picked up his flashlight because he had his flashlight the whole time. It was just hard to see because of the fog. He picked it up and he noticed that what he tripped over wasn't a rock. It was a tombstone. Oof. And it was a small tombstone, and he couldn't really make it out what it said. He had to get, like, super close to it with the light. All he really made out was that it said, like, loving mother and father or something like that. When he looked up and he saw six different lights in a circle all around him, slowly coming towards him, closing in on him, six different kerosene flickering lantern lights, and they were all just slowly coming towards him in a circle. And he, again, freaked out, hadn't reached the house yet. He was just in the field in between the house and farmhouse. And he saw an opening between two of the lights and just got up and just ran again. But this time, he ran straight into the cabin and blacked out because he hit his head. He just, like, just freaked the fuck out, ran head smack into the cabin. So the wall that he hit was actually the wall his parents were sleeping in. It was adjacent to it. So his dad heard the smack and was like, what the fuck? Goes outside with a flashlight, looks around, and eventually finds him, just passed out on the ground, picks him up, brings him inside. The kid does not remember coming inside or going to bed. He just was exhausted. And so the next morning when he gets up, he talks to his dad, and his dad was like, yeah, you hit the wall, and I found you passed out. But, like, the weirdest thing, there was a lantern lit up at the farmhouse. The Mm -hmm. dad saw the lantern, too. So it wasn't just like a mirage yeah. or whatever the equivalent of Yeah, like it wasn't just the kid. Who, <laughs> right, it wasn't just the kid who saw it. It was the dad too. Like they were supposed to leave early the next morning, but the parents were like, actually, we're going to stay an extra half day and then we're going to go like, you know, late afternoon, early night. And he was like, fuck, okay. So his friends, um, Alex and Olivia, came over that morning and he was like, y'all and he tells the story of what happened to him and they're like dude and they're like bruh 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 that farmhouse is the earliest if not the first building ever built in this town and it is the oldest building in their town it is said that it belonged to this woman named Anne, who was a young mother who had a son who um was coming home late one night and got lost in the fog and the story goes that you know, the woman heard footsteps and she was like, oh my God, it must be my son. So she went out and grabbed her lantern and called for him. The same thing, you know, Blair heard was like, son, is that you? Follow my voice, follow me. And she heard the footsteps follow her all the way to the cat, not to the cabin, but the farmhouse. And right as she got to the door, she, she lit some candles inside and turned around and there was nobody there. Just some empty footsteps followed her but there was no one there she just was so upset and she was like where is my son like where is he 
and the fog was so thick she couldn't go out to look for him so she was just at a loss and had to wait until morning when the fog cleared up and so when the fog cleared up the next day she went to go look for him and she searched all over town and he was nowhere no one had seen him everyone was like yeah he went home last night like I don't he should be at home and she's like where is he where is he and it wasn't until she turned to go back home that she found him he had fallen off of the cliff on their driveway and died in the little pond below he had fell and just drowned well not drowned he like hit his head and I guess drowned and he was face down in the water the tombstone that the kid tripped over was the boy's tombstone wow what freaked Blair out is he's like I don't know if that's a ghost who got me confused with her son. I don't know, like, why she used my mom's voice at first. Because it was an Australian woman's voice before, and yeah. then it turned into a woman's voice. The fact that it was, like, trying to lure him in with by, use, like, mimicking his mom's voice is wild. Yeah, he was like, I don't know if it's... That's what a, makes it kind of, um, what's the word I'm Malicious. For? That, yeah, that's it. All he knew is that whatever it was, it wanted him. He knew it was trying to get him or get something from him, and he was not about to stick around and find out what it was. Yeah. And he never went back. Good. Fuck that. But yeah, I heard that story, and I was like, oh, could you imagine? Yeah. I've, that would freak the hell out of me. Oh, my God. I'm. It just was like something out of a movie, like tripping over that fucking tombstone and all this shit, and like, ugh. And yeah, no sit- kidding. That is like a scene from several movies. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's wild. So that was that was my story that I thought was really cuckoo creepy. Yeah, good shit. Tell me um, your camping or cabin in the woods story. Camping or cabin story. Do okay, it, do it. so it is a campground story. Oh. I struggled a little bit at first because I felt like I kept finding like, stories to tell around the campfire and I refused to tell any true crime really because I was there's a lot of those but I was like I've done too much of that back to back and I really want to get back into like the spooky creepy supernatural stuff that is fun right when I was about to get a uh, give up I found um this thing Uh, it's called the supernatural terror at Braley Pond campground um have you heard of Braley Pond no Okay, so I found this article on this website that I'm going to be constantly looking at now um, called MysteriousUniverse.org. Um, it's Yee. an article by Brent Swanser. Um, but apparently they, like, just cover ghosts and hauntings, bizarre stuff, modern mysteries, aliens. Like, it's it's cool. I like it. Um, and this is a story I've never heard about, so it was just kind of fun to go through, and it's pretty short. Um, so Braley Pond is located um, out in the George Washington and Jefferson National Forest of Virginia. Um, it's Braley Pond Campground, and it's by West Augusta, Virginia, which I don't think I've ever been close to ever. But by day, it's like a normal campground. Like there's uh, outdoor activities like hiking, picnicking, mountain biking, camping, fishing, horseback riding. There's woodlands there's ponds there's lakes there's um just scenic trails and you know just your typical campground shit but for this one in particular there's like this grim dark side to this campground because it has a really dark history of murder and death oh Uh, yeah (laughs) 
but it's considered to be one of the most haunted places in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I wanted to pause right there because I found out while I was looking at this, um, like while I was hunting and stuff, there's this thing um, called Scarefest Amusement Park, and we need to fucking go. What? Apparently, yeah, there's this event that they do every year called Can You Survive?, and it's where you literally go camping and you have to survive the night. And it's, like, basically, like, an escape room. They set up these, like, obstacle courses and puzzles that you have to figure out between, like, 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Like, the whole time you're being, like, chased and um, scared out of your shit. Oh, my God. Doesn't yes. that sound like the perfect that thing? That sounds amazing. Another thing I want to go to uh, that we I really want to go to with you and me and um, vlog it because I want to start – like traveling to spooky places and vlog it, especially for Corona the Macabre, is uh, the Dead Man Festival in Colorado. Mm-hmm. There's this really bizarre festival my uncle told me about in Colorado where there's this guy who attempted to cryogenically freeze himself in like the 1920s or no, not even 1920s, just like the early 1900s. It was basically he built this like cabin thing for his dead body to be put there and his body's been preserved with dry ice well the dry ice has to be switched out every so often so he hired people to do this to switch out his uh dry ice and it has this duty has been passed down throughout generations to was there keep... nobody who was just like, no, I'm not going to do that? <laughs> no, they did it. They always replaced the dry ice and whatnot. Like, this guy had a Sounds fortune. Like a that it, Well, apparently, <laughs> well, I think it was his family because, like, they inherited all of his money and whatever. And uh, basically, I don't know the exact story, but someone, like, discovered it one day and found this perfectly preserved frozen dead guy. And we're like, what the the fuck? And then found out, like, it's a thing that's been going on for a century now. And basically was the idea behind it was he wanted his body to be preserved. So when science in the future can figure out how to bring people back to life, his body would be in good enough condition to bring back to life. Mm-hmm. And they have a festival surrounding it called the okay, Dead Guy Festival. I would totally go to a Dead Guy Festival. <laughs> and it's called the Dead Guy Festival. <laughs> Is that literally what it's called? I'm pretty sure. Let me look it up. The Dead Guy. The Frozen Dead Guy Festival. Frozen Dead Guy Days. I found the website. Frozen Dead Guy Days. Yep. Oh, yeah. And people dress up like a frozen dead person. This sounds like a blast but they're canceling this year's because of of covid but you can look at videos and pictures from years before they have music lineups now and it's become this like ridiculously large event in netherland colorado it's a free outdoor viewing event and access to beer and food but a $25 wristband for entrance to the live music tents on Saturday and Sunday. So it's become a mini music festival with events and shit, but it's free for anyone to just fucking show up. And it's so ridiculous. And we have to go. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah. like here are the things that were supposed to happen this year because it was supposed to happen in March. Live music, costume contest, silent disco. 
from 10 silent disco a silent disco is when you have headphones in but everyone is synced up to the exact oh, same do song remember, do you remember that one creep who kept inviting me on weird dates <laughs> yeah it would wore me out he like, thought he could wear you down this meet up i was like i mean that sounds like fun but i'm not going and then, <laughs> and then the next one was a silent disco and i'm like nope not even tempted by that one <laughs> Oh my god, we should still, I still am interested to go to a Satanist meetup just because I do have Satan, I do have Satanic friends and I'm just like really curious. Um, and then they have, the meetup's at a bar, like count me in. But get this, they have this event called the Blue Ball. No. The Blue Ball, it's like a dance and like, it's just a late night show and. If he actually does come back to life and find all this shit, do you think he's just going to be like, y'all, what? Fuck. Oh my god, if it was me, I'd be like, fuck yeah, you have a festival surrounding my dead body. Like, hell yeah. I'd, I'd be, be like, like what up? Get me a t-shirt. So they yeah. also have, um, like, ice sculpture contests and, like, all kinds of shit. And they have, like, vendors there, street performers, like, craft breweries and cocktails. They, like, apparently there's, like, some sort of fake it, fake it famous bacon bourbon and bruise tent or oh, jesus christ yeah and they've got like Dude, local artists Brendan and, and I musicians went to the bourbon and barbecue fest top tier so good yeah so anything that has bourbon and barbecue and bacon i'm in uh they also have human foosball which that i don't sounds know sounds great too. i've i've never heard Wait, of human foosball soccer? well no you're holding on to a stick and people on the outside are, like, moving it. or Actually, are people on the outside moving it? No, no, no. You have to hold on to the stick and grip it, and you can only reach the ball from where you're holding on to okay. the bar. That, that does sound like more fun. So it's like, imagine these giant rails, and there's, like, three people on one, four people on another, and, like, two teams, and you have to try to kick and reach the ball from as far as you can without letting go of the bar. Mm-hmm. Which sounds ridiculous. It and sounds really ridiculously fun. fun, and we should do it. Um, so we're yeah. doing that. Obviously, we're gonna do Scarefest. Can you survive the night? Yeah, all this stuff we're gonna do once quarantine is up. So 2021, we're fucking coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we're shy. We are coming for you. We're gonna make all, right, all, all right. the YouTube videos. It's gonna be good. Fuck yeah. Um. All right. So back to this. Braley Pond. Okay, so it's considered one of the most haunted places in the world. Well, there were several suicides recorded from the area. Mm. Um, one of the most horrific incidents that occurred there was that a vicious murder in uh, May of 2003. This 19-year-old Christopher S. Kennedy was lured and stabbed to death <gasps> by gang members. Oh, no. um, then his body was dumped into the water. Um, according to the lore, there have been other bodies found in the pond and surrounding wilderness, um, some of which were never identified. And so already the stage for this to be haunted campground is set. Um, apparently, campers and hikers have reported all kinds of strange paranormal activity um, at the campground. The most common thing is that they are just suddenly stricken by the sickening feeling of nausea and pure dread. Um, it just descends upon them out of nowhere and then just stops abruptly. So, you know, you're just walking along, then feel like you're going to get sick because you're so scared, and then it just goes away, which has to be terrifying. Then there's also the sense of disorientation at times. Then there, it gets a little more scary. Uh, people reported 
the sounds of children's laughter, like disembodied laughter um, around the areas, areas trails or shadow figures and orbs of light that just show up across the trails. And the pond in the campground has the most activity that people have reported. So people have seen apparitions both above and and below the water. Oh, below the water? No, no, no. Yeah, can you imagine? If I saw, I'm already scared of water. If I saw some kind of like creepy dead thing, like I'm just picturing grudge kind of movement, like that weird, you know, dislocated limb kind of movement under the water, I would fucking leave. Um, like, that's a real quick way to get me the hell out of Dodge. No, honestly, okay, I used to love the lake as a kid, but that one horror movie I've been trying to get you to watch for a while now, um, What Lies Beneath, involves yeah. a lake. And I, I was very scared of lakes for a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Bathrooms and lakes is what that movie made me terrified water. of. Water in general. Is water. Scary. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, but people, they saw these apparitions, and then they would also hear the sound of someone thrashing in the water, even though nobody is there. So, like, you hear it sound like somebody's drowning. You rush out there. The water's completely still. You know. Oh God! Um, no! 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 <laughs> yeah. So no one's there, and swimming's not even allowed in the pond, just because of all the activity that's been there. Ew! Wait, um, it's not allowed because of the activity, or because yeah. it's unsafe? Because of the activity there. That's so like, creepy! Oh my God! Could you imagine, like, oh, okay. So I have a quick question before you continue. Is this campground? Because okay. your story all of a sudden remind me of another creepy haunted camping story I heard. Did this used to be a battleground from the Civil War? Not that I've seen. Okay. No, there's I know. nothing in this article about it. But you um, you continue with yours. Sorry. I always interrupt. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, man. All right. So, yeah, there's not any swimming allowed there, which is why the thrashing is definitely weird. <laughs> there have even been reports of people being overcome by, like, this strange compulsion to just go into the water. Um, they oh, said it, no. Ew. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, they said it felt like someone was calling out to them and beckoning them to come in. And guess what? Um, you and me are going to stay there voluntarily. Let's go. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm going to – that will not work on me. If anything's, like, trying to lure me into the water, I'm going to be like, no, fuck off. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I can't imagine wanting to. Of, yeah. <laughs> Do you know the Ludo album? Like, their first album? Yes. Love it. Okay. You remember listening to Lake Pontchartrain where they like things just luring you into the water? Yes. That's immediately what this made me think of. It's funny. Um, I love that fucking album. It's gold. <laughs> it's a great time. What's the one? Like my neighbor Greg? Or like yes. Greg the yeah, neighbor? Yeah, go get her Greg. I go love get her Greg about the creep who's like, hey, hey, you seem like a single young pretty lady. Let me be my let, girlfriend. Be my girlfriend. Be my girlfriend. I can invite you out. Oh, you're busy. That's fine. How about next week? Oh, you're busy. Okay, I'll keep trying. Oh, that looks heavy. Let <laughs> me to pick that up for you. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm yeah, just a go getter. I just <laughs> the whole out al- the whole album is just so great. Um. So interruption. People- Thank you for the raid. <laughs> Thank Woo-hoo. you, Stealthy Dear Gaming. We are currently recording our podcast, Court on the Macabre. Topic being cabins and camping. Okay, continue, mm-hmm. Kelly. Okay, so people 
feel compelled to go into the water. They're getting back in to do so. Um, some cases, people have described the feeling as if something is worming into their minds. No, like, no, that's an alien probe insanity. shit. Fuck that. Yeah. And one paranormal researcher um, from Shenandoah Valley, I'm sure I'm saying that, but whatever. Um, the Paranormal Sex Society allegedly went insane and committed suicide shortly after investigating this campground in 2006. In 2006? Yeah. That's too... Like, so that, that boy was murdered in 2003. 2006, the paranormal investigator comes in and commits suicide from just going insane, um, which a lot of visitors believe is because of this just feeling that just gets into your head and drives you crazy. That's the plot of a Shamalama Ding Dong film right there starring Nick Cage. <laughs> Shamalama Ding Dong coming Sh- soon. Shyamalan Dinong starring Nick Cage coming soon. <laughs> I watched it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but one of the weirdest and most terrifying stories comes from a paranormal investigator and a psychic sensitive by the name of Shea Willis, uh, who visited the pond in 2003, uh, which is the same year as the murder, along with a group of other amateur ghost hunters, which, I mean, that just sounds like so much fun. It really does. <laughs> just on face value, it sounds like the best time. Uh, she claims... That upon arriving, she immediately sensed the place was heavy with a sense of fearful dread, which she felt was coming from an outside source and describes as feeling something that belonged to someone else. So as the group approached the pond, she says that this feeling began to graduate in intensity and that it was sensed by the whole group, with a few of them becoming physically nauseous and unable to continue, which follows suit with what a lot of the campgoers were feeling. Um, Willis would... Hmm? Sorry, I'm. I was again blurting out shit as you're talking. I'm worried that when we do stay there and go do this crazy survival thing, we're just gonna have the whole like mass hysteria senses of because we've heard of all this, we're gonna be experiencing all of this. Well, that's the thing. I I kind of have the opposite reaction. I feel like since I know all this stuff, I'm not gonna feel it because I'm gonna be skeptical about it. I'm just that's just kind of how my brain works. It's just like. Yeah. Now nah, there's no way, you know, this is just like, I don't think that feeling of placebo would really set in. Okay. Okay. That's fine. But that would be fun if one of us was having that and the other. Cause... So fun. And one of us is recording <laughs> was... it. I just imagine, yeah. I imagine creating an entire YouTube video that's basically a found footage looking motherfucker of us being like, herp derp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's 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 how I envision all of my travel, my future travel videos, <laughs> if I ever travel again. <laughs> really, we're just going to get possessed by ghosts and have a great time. I'm going insane. I used to travel every month, if not every other month, and now yeah, I don't I travel that. at all, and I'm losing it. That's why I'm like, camping sounds fun. Yeah, let's go in the wilderness and do Dude, something, because fuck this. Even though I'm worried I'm going to hate it now. <laughs> But it hits us all hard. <laughs> I'm going to start I'm going to start thinking of camping as just like apocalypse survival practice and I'll hate it less. Yeah. If I if I have the mindset of like I have to learn this in case I have to live this way versus this is fun. Like I'm not it's doing like this not, for fun. This isn't boring. It's training. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So Willis is with her ghost hunters, her crew of ghosty lovers feelers all around supporters 
And they decided to call off the investigation for the day because they pussed out. <laughs> or because they were getting really sick, I guess. But Willis and her fellow researcher, Chris Arnold, were intrigued. And they returned to the area that evening around 11.30 p.m. Um, so as they're getting closer to the pond, again, that sensation of foreboding and dread began working its way into their minds. And Willis claims that she had the distinct impression that, was an, that it was an intelligent presence, saying, I felt as though it was waiting for us. I sensed another presence behind the original one. This one didn't feel like the others. In fact, it didn't even feel human. Aliens. 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 And as they, as they walked over a bridge um, over the pond, she claims that they saw a large, bright orb of green light and some trees. Aliens! <laughs> there it is! Um, which suddenly vanished into thin air as a splashing sound began over the murky waters of the pond. The pond has an alien ship at the bottom of it. It all makes it sense. It has something in it. Let me tell you, the, the photo I'm going to send you for this is literally what kept me reading. I read the beginning and I was like, eh, whatever. And then I scrolled down and I saw this picture and I was like, never mind. What the fuck is going on? Wait, I'm um, sorry. Say that again. Never mind what? Um, so... No, 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 no. You, you just, your voice cut out. You said, never mind, I want to... Never mind, I want to figure out what the fuck is going on. Okay, that's so crazy. It's like you can't say that sentence without it cutting out. But I yeah, imagine you're saying, never mind, I want to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I that's have to it. make you repeat it because we're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These are the corona problems. Um, so they see this bright orb of light. It vanishes into thin air just as the splashing sound begins in the water. It sounds like someone's thrashing around, but they can't see anything. They're over the bridge looking down at the pond. They hear the thrashing, but can't see anything going on in the water. Um, but it just gets weirder from there, believe it or not. Willis says that Arnold began to panic and shout that something was coming, um, which just makes them run because... Why wouldn't it? Like, you just see that crazy shit. And all Wait, of a sudden he's shouting and saying something's out. coming from the water? He's just saying that something was coming for them. Like, oh. he's not saying where from. It's just coming for them. Okay, you cut out when you said coming for... No. Oh, wait. I think I might know what it is. Hang on. Okay. You just, like, it's weird. You'll cut out for, like, a word or two. It might be because my um, headset isn't totally charged. Okay, back to Spooky Town. Sorry, sorry, back to Spooky Town. It's fine, it's fine. All right, so they hear the thrashing in the water, and then all of a sudden her friend starts freaking the fuck out. He's like, something's coming for us. Um, and so they start running the hell away. And then Arnold apparently gets shoved by something. They cannot see it, but he just gets shoved and goes plummeting into the water. <gasps> yeah. So Willis saw this, and she said he literally upwards and to the left as if something had hit him right in the middle of his back she shouted to find out if he was all right but then something landed on her back and started moving along her like a two foot long inchworm what yeah and she describes it like it felt as though it had some sort of tentacles that's horrifying And um, as whatever it was, it begins squirming around on her. She panics and runs back to her truck just to find her friend there waiting. He's sopping wet, but still in one piece. Cannot figure out how he got there. She screamed at him that something was on her, but when he looked, he couldn't find anything. But she's still insisting, like, as he's looking and saying there's nothing there, she's insisting it's still crawling all over her. Um, She claimed that for weeks after her ordeal, she had vivid nightmares and visions and explains... 
that it was like a communication with whatever this thing was, like little bits and pieces of it were still stuck with her. According to her, whatever it was had followed her back, and her son one night even claimed to have seen a man with soaking wet clothes and bloody holes in his chest standing in the shadows of his room glaring at him. Which, fuck, like, get out of the business if it's coming after your kids now. (laughs) Okay, Um, we're going to recap. Yeah, that was a lot to take in. A man was shoved by an invisible force into the pond. A yes. woman fell a two-inch no, he worm. fell. He's, like, freaking out saying something that's coming for him. And then as they're running away, he gets thrown into the pond by right, something. Right, right. He gets shoved in by an invisible force. She mm-hmm. feels something on her back. Did she fall down at all or she just feels something no. on her back? She just okay. feels, like, as she's shouting down to him to figure out if he's okay or not, she feels something fall onto her back and start squirming around like a bug okay yeah and And she's like ew 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 runs and then all of a sudden the guy who just fell into the pond is soaking wet but yeah the car but it's not even just like one like a bug fell on her it's like a two foot long inch worth tentacles wait 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 before you said two inch long now you're saying two foot Inch? No, two foot long. Inch two worm. foot long. That is so different from two inch long, Kelly. Well, no, it's a two <laughs> foot long inchworm. Like a little snake. I guess, but it had tentacles. So when you say tentacles, are the tentacles coming off of the worm? Like it had limbs? Or the worm was a tentacle? I don't know, Katie. I wasn't there. This lady just said that it fell on her. It was like a two foot long inchworm. And it felt like it had tentacles. So, by so tentacles, I'm, back. I'm picking up suction cups. See, my immediate thought was Evil Dead. I don't know why. But, yeah, my imme- but yeah, suction cups, probably. I mean, it, whatever. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and then she still feels it on her back, even though her friend is looking at it and saying, there's nothing there. She's still freaking out. She's like, I still feel it crawling there. And then her son starts seeing visions of a guy getting shot through the chest just glaring at him in his room. That's horrifying. Holy shit. Aliens are disguising themselves as ghosts. Cracked. Or maybe they have a partnership. Maybe this place is just like a fucking mecca for supernatural activity. I solved it. Aliens are disguising (laughs) themselves as ghosts. That's That's the only thing it could be. Um, Obviously. In the coming coming months, uh, Willis and Arnold made several other trips to the pond, and there was never anything that was quite as as intense as that night, but they still experienced some odd things, such as their batteries draining suddenly, or strange lights, and one bout of lost time in which Willis went into a trance while exploring the area alone, only to snap out of it in the restroom near the parking lot with no memory of how she got there. Um, and this is where you want to go with me. This is where we're going to go. No, I said I wanted to go with you to Scarefest. I never said I wanted to really pond. <laughs> is it Scarefest at this place? No, no, no. I just found Scarefest while I was looking for creepy camp things. Oh, I thought Scarefest was at this place. No, 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 no. I okay. do not want to go here. <laughs> this is this is way too much. <laughs> okay, I have to be like... Kelly. <laughs> no. No. Once you say water, I'm done. I'm immediately snapped out of whatever hellhole I want to go to. Willis eventually uh, felt the presence leave her after coming back however many fucking times. I guess it just got on her and was like, won't you just fucking go away? Um, but she's wondered what this to this day what it was. Um, yeah, no shit. I would too. I would be haunted by it. I'd be thinking about it way too much all the time. Yeah. 
basically the way that this article ends is like, there's only one way to find out. Take a trip and see if all this shit's crazy. And I'm just like, nope, I'm good. Is it a free park or do you have to pay to go there to stay there? You know, I didn't look at it, but let me check because it actually looks gorgeous. That story is terrifying. It's definitely aliens. Yeah. It's I don't it's see... aliens and ghosts in cahoots with each other, which is right. just so great. <laughs> oh, okay, so another thing that I am going to mention before you go really quickly was this is I, I like how I'm only telling stories from other podcasts. Sorry, guys, but at least I'll give you credit. What up? Um, this other podcast that is also fairly as new as we are called Haunted AF who I listened to a few of their episodes, and they're cute, and I like them, and it's these two girls who talk about only, like, ghost stories, and um, they don't talk about their own, and they don't do research. What they do is they have callers, like, people call in, I guess, like, a radio station, and they tell their own ghost story of what happened to them, and so each episode is just, like, various people telling their story. And one of the stories was this dude went camping in this place that was a Civil War war zone, battlefield, mm-hmm. that is now a park. And he, they set up their tent in the, in the camping grounds. His friend fell asleep, and he woke up in the middle of the night thinking he heard music and just looked up and saw this man sitting in their tent in full Civil War uniform just sitting there looking at them and he was like what the fuck can i help you and he just kind of sat he just looked at him he just looked back at him and he was like uh <laughs> and he felt like and he said he looked so real that at first yeah. he was like is this a ghost or just someone some creep sitting in our tent but he felt so uncomfortable and he could not get his friend awake Mm-hmm. He, like, tried to wake up his friend. He couldn't get him awake. And the dude was just, like, chilling for, like, Was what? he dreaming? No, he was awake. And the dude disappeared, like, in thin air. Like, he vanished. Poof. And the next morning, he got up and was like, we're leaving. <laughs> yeah. We're not we staying here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I'm really mad I didn't think of that story prior to this episode because I should have looked into that park and other stuff. But we're out of time and it is what it is, so I'm sure I'll bring it up next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, thanks guys for listening. I hope this is helping you all in your quarantine time. We yay. Sorry about how humanity sucks. Yes. Um, also, uh, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. That's cool if you don't. If you'd rather just follow us and like and comment on iTunes, that's also equally as cool. I am still procrastinating like crazy. Sorry, I am who I am. (laughs) I'm trying to be better. I'm still editing the video, our weird little drunk history video that I will upload to Patreon. And hopefully I'm in the works of trying to set up another interview episode, I guess, which will happen over Discord. (laughs) Yeah. Because of quarantine. Um, We got to do what we got to do. Yep. Uh, Obviously, feel free to follow all of our social media. We are Corn on the Macabre. 
pretty much everywhere. Website is COTM Podcast. Type that in. You'll find everything, I suppose. And uh, be careful when going camping and going to Cabin in the Woods. Watch out for ghosties. Keep it creepy. And aliens. And aliens. Keep it creepy, y'all. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.